Hello, ladies and gentlemen, back again with another episode of the Raise Your Voice podcast as part of the D-Raise Bay podcast network. Today, I am joined by Jim Turvey to break down everything that happened throughout the offseason and even a little bit of what happened in spring training uh, so far this year for the Rays. Obviously, at this point, we were expecting to be able to break down some regular season action. That is not possible. Uh, but we do have a whole entire offseason to break down. We have no idea how that's going to play out once we get to the regular season, hopefully, eventually. Um, but again, joined today by Jim Turvey from D-Rays Bay. Jim, how are you doing, man? Doing all right. Excited to uh, start talking baseball, even if we're months, if not more, away from actually seeing some baseball. So you can, you can always talk about it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're going to break down a lot of these moves. Some guys, you know, are here with a couple of years left before they can hit free agency. So we don't even know how much they're going to get to play for the Rays. But a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, um, a lot of big trades. And, and probably the biggest one of the offseason um, was the one that sent Tommy Pham to the San Diego Padres um, in exchange for Hunter Renfro, Xavier Edwards, and Esteban Quiroz. Uh, the Rays also sent Jake Cronenworth over to San Diego. Uh, this is one that, I mean, I, it caught me off guard, but does any move made by the Rays, especially a move like this, really catch you off guard? Jim, what was, what was your initial thought to it, to this trade? So I definitely was in the, the camp that pushed back to it immediately. Um, mostly from the, the standpoint of, I thought it was not really as win now as I wanted to see from the, the Rays this off season. Um, sure. We'll get around to it later. Some of the moves they, they moved later on were kind of more at that, that timeline, but sending out the player who in Tommy Pham was going to be projected to be top player on the Rays this year. Um, and even though you're getting a guy back in Renfro who, who has pretty high ceiling, um, he's probably not a huge drop off from Pham. Uh, it was just kind of, at first, it took me off off, uh, off guard just because Fam's the, on a team where it, there's so much balance and there's not really any, like, superstars. Fam was probably the closest thing to it. Um, so just to see him go out the door was, was kind of a bummer. Um, I, I eventually came around to rationalizing it. Um, you know, Renf, Renfro, with his, like, defensive outbreak, if that's real, for next year, he could he could easily put up a season that's just as strong as Tommy Fam's then to get a uh, top 50 guy like Edwards. Uh the trade itself made sense. It's, it's just more maybe the, the framing of it that I didn't love. But what about you? What were your thoughts? Well, Tommy Pham and Danny and I on the last episode talked a lot about Tommy Pham, even going back to the comments he made on MLB Network Radio about the Rays fan base. But he quickly turned into a fan favorite. I mean, the way he plays, it was nonstop 100%. He's a very methodical, go-getter type of guy. Um, and, and it really showed. Danny called him the best hitter on the team, and we kind of talked about what it would have been like if he was fully healthy throughout the entire season, um, how much of an impact, how much more of an impact he would have had on that, that Rays lineup. Um, so, yeah, to see him, to see the Rays trade him when he was still under control, it wasn't costing them a whole lot of money to keep him, was a bit jarring. Um, but I think, and this ties into some of the other moves they made, you look at the Rays outfield as a whole, this going into this season and compared to what it was last season and there there might not be a drop-off obviously Renfro is probably a drop-off from fam but you look at some of the other guys they lost they lost uh, Guillermo Heredia and Avisel Garcia but then they went ahead and added uh, Yoshi Tsutsugo they added um, Randy Rosarena, Manuel Margot and you look at that outfield as a whole and we're going to talk about some of those deals here in just a second I think that's where the Ray they were thinking more big picture when they decided to move on from fam, they knew that they were going to be able to bring in other pieces that could 
solidify the full roster. Yeah, again, you lose Fam, uh, you bring in a guy like Renfro, you're like, mm, that might not be the best move. But you also have to look at Xavier Edwards, who is a top 10 prospect for the Rays now after they acquired him in this deal. Yet again, another middle infield prospect uh, in this Rays system. Um, but Jim, a guy like Edwards, how do you think he fits into this Rays plan, this big picture plan moving forward? Well, you definitely never stockpile too many of those guys who start off middle infield, whether they all end up there. I feel like Edwards is a guy who maybe, uh, well, if, he, if, he, if he breaks out, maybe um, somewhere else on the infield. Because right now, I mean, thinking Adamas, Franco, Bruhan, something like that across the infield in a couple of years, uh, it's hard to imagine a spot in, in that uh, lineup. But he is a t the type of guy who is, is he's going to get his shot at some point sooner than later. Um, and it, you can't, it's, it's just like such a classic race move. You can't really argue with it because they, when you, when you rationalize it and are able to look at it, they did get the most value out of this trade. What I think will be interesting is for Edwards and Renfro is I think there is going to be a little bit of pressure on Renfro to start Edwards down the line to produce, especially if fam goes out to San Diego and, and plays well, because those are going to be the guys that are tied to it so closely. And fam, from my perspective, Last year, you're looking at, like, like you and Danny talked about, he's still a 3-1 player when in what seemed like kind of an injury-riddled season. Is that, is that kind of going to be a trend for him? Is he going to be one of those guys that kind of peaks real, real quick and then comes down? Or if he goes out to San Diego, rests up his hand during this, this crazy break we've got, is he's fully healthy going this season, puts up another 6-1 season. Suddenly, Renfro and Edwards, and to a lesser extent, uh, Kiros are going to be facing a little bit of pressure, just just I'm sure on the, from their own perspective of being like, hey, that guy that, that shipped out of town that uh, looked like you like you noted was a fan favorite by the end. Uh, he's producing out there in San Diego. I better I better make sure I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah, they're they're going to feel that pressure, and I think Rays fans will make sure that they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, Tommy Pham, um, maybe not uh, early on, was one of the favorites uh, from the by the Rays fan base, but. I mean, quickly, just the way he plays the game, and he's gonna, he's going to be missed. And Danny and I talked about that as well. Just uh, it, it it sucks not having a guy like that anymore. And Blake Snell, uh, he feels the same way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's and that's the other thing with with these moves is it again. It's 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 easy to rationalize it and look at the the actual value breakdown, but you do have to wonder if you're off putting players at a certain point. I think winning is the ultimate. Uh, Cure right. You yeah, go out exactly. And a couple games, it's not going to matter at all. But a slow start. Uh, fam comes to town and goes six for ten over the weekend. Yeah, there are little things that can, I'm sure, build up. Now I think maybe we make more of those um, narratives than than actually matter. Maybe sometimes, but um, definitely, um, it's definitely something that we'll we'll be talking about throughout the season. So it, it will be a, a storyline to say at least. Now, before we get to the rest of the trades that took place throughout the winter and into the spring, um, another move I want to talk about is Yoshi Tsutsugo. I mentioned him a few minutes ago. Um, the Rays signed him um, out of Japan. Uh, this is a signing that really caught me off guard, but I think at the end of the day is one of the most exciting moves, if not the most exciting move that they made this offseason. You're talking about a true home run hitter, um, hit over 205 home runs um, during his time in Japan, including a 44 home run season where he had a 680 slugging percentage. The Rays bring him in on a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, um, and you look to play him either in the outfield. I know he's going to get a lot of the bats at DH um, and maybe even some third base, though. But Yoshi Tsutsugo, original, you know, first thoughts on him, on Yoshi. 
this was my favorite move uh, of the offseason. Um, yeah, like you said, two years, $12 million. If you're paying this guy $6 million a pop, he really doesn't even have to do that much that value. But I, but I think he's going to have a lot of value. I think he's going to be a raised regular, which in the sense that he's not going to be going out to one position, but he'll probably put together 140 games um, if he stays healthy throughout the season. Um, and I think it's kind of exactly what they needed, to be honest. A guy who you can plug in a lot of spots where they, they – they could use use a backup to be honest. Third base, Yandi, if he can stay healthy, is is awesome. But we've seen him have some some injury troubles. Um, if you can give Meadows a day off or give him a uh, like give him a day off in the field, have him be DH. That, that's incredible because we know Meadows struggled a little bit out there last year. I think he's a guy who, and I'm looking at his uh, projections here. Depth charts and Seamer both have him for 109 games and either 1.8 or 1.9 WAR. If you put that out to a, a full season, that's about a three-win player for six million, and that's I mean, it, it's hard to argue with that move. And it, it, he just seems like a guy who's who's gonna he's a little bit older. He's not gonna need to come in and, and get a he'll have a little bit of adjustment period, obviously. But um, I have I have pretty high hopes for him. What about you? For sure. And the, and the one thing I do want to say because I know I felt it when we get to see some of the videos that the fans of his former team, the Yokohama Bay Stars, put out. Did you start to feel bad that we were taking Yoshi from them? <laughs> because he's, it seems like they loved him so much. There was a song they wrote for him. Uh, there were, like, video, these hype videos they put together for him. And I felt bad. I felt like we stole him from that. <laughs> I think yes and no. I think, I think definitely I, I did feel a little bit bad. But I feel like when you're one of those leagues, like, I don't know if you're a soccer guy enough, like MLS, when, like, someone on your MLS team you like goes to like Premier League, you're all right, like yeah. I'm really bummed we lost him, but like this is awesome that he's like made it to the show, quote unquote. Yeah. So I I guess we will have some more fans um in our fan base this year and hopefully um that they, they won't but overall be sad. They'll just be happy that he's he's getting a chance uh, to make it the bigs. I, I'm excited that he is gonna get a chance in the bigs. I know I do feel bad, but it, it will be fun watching him with the Rays and I think I think it was a really good addition. I know we have a lot of left-handed bats on this roster, <laughs> yep. uh, but when you when you have the opportunity to sign a hitter like Yoshi, who's got you know a, a really high upside in terms of power, I mean, we saw what he did in Japan. Now that doesn't always translate to the United States, but a lot of times it does. And if it pays off, it's going to pay off in a big, big way. And the other thing uh, that I really like about him, I'm I, I probably to my detriment at times, but I'm like plate discipline. First and foremost, I, it, it just, I feel like it gets you through hard times in the, in the season and when you're adjusting. And he's a guy who is very patient at the plate, doesn't really have a lot of holes in swing, uh, despite being a big power hitter. Uh, I, I just feel like he's going to be a consistent presence there, there all year, and I'm really excited to see, hopefully, when we get around to baseball again, what, what we get out of him. Yeah, for sure. All right, going back to another, another big trade. Uh, one that really wasn't typical of the Rays, Matthew Libertor, one of the Rays' top pitching prospects, a former first-round pick, left-handed starting pitcher, uh, goes to the St. Louis Cardinals, um, and, and the Rays bring in Randy Rosarena and Jose Martinez. I think there was a couple supplemental picks that were also swapped and maybe another Rays. Oh, yes, Edgardo uh, Rodriguez goes over to the Cards. Uh, but you never really see the Rays trade young arms uh, especially not one as talented as Matthew Libertor. Um, I saw a lot of comps to even Blake Snell uh, when people talked about Libertor. Now he's going to be over in St. Louis. But the Rays bring in Randy Arozarena and Jose Martinez. Did you think originally when the news of this trade broke uh, that the Rays got their money's worth? 
Well, I'd, I'd, I think I'd have to be considered a hypocrite if I, t- 10 minutes ago, and in, in the off season, it was what, about two weeks ago? I was going to move, and luckily I did, I was excited. Um, especially because of the guys, not just that they made a win that move that, that I did love that, but, um, I've always been a a huge Jose Martinez guy. Um, I think he is a guy who maybe isn't quite as bad. Like I, (laughs) I love him because I would play with him in video games and he was like, so he's maybe not quite as good as, as he, he's appears in, in video games, but he's still a guy who is, is great for this team because he's just a guy who goes out and hits every day and the Rays. We know how great their pitching is. We know how great their defense is. We know how good their approach to the game is. So, like, to have this guy who just gets out and is going to hit 300 uh, just basically no matter what is, I, I think, a huge pull. And then giving up Libertadores is, is definitely uh, a little scary. He's, he's one of those guys who three or four down, years down the line can make a trade look really bad. Um, but I kind of think in getting back a Rosarena, he's, he kind of has a, a similar ceiling. Now, that type of guy as a, an outfielder, just is inherently isn't going to have maybe quite the same value as a, as an ace pitcher, but I really like his game as well. And, and to partner him with, with Martinez and, and make this push for 2020 uh, was a move that I, I ended up really uh, liking. It's interesting because you look at a guy like Randy Orozarena that in the, in terms of the Rays organization and their, you know, the, their depth, he is more of a depth guy. He's a bubble guy when it comes on the roster. But if you place him in a lot of other organizations, he would not be considered that. Yeah. So that's a really important piece I think the Rays got. Um, Jose Martinez, if he can crush lefties in St. Pete the same way he did in St. Louis, I think I'll fall in love with him the same way I fell in love with Yandy Diaz and the way yeah. he just absolutely smashes left-handed pitching. I love that about him. Um, I love that the Rays – and the Rays are really good at putting guys in position to succeed. So if they have guys, they've got this good mix of left-handed and right-handed hitters, they're always going to make sure that they have the best lineup out to face, you know, that pitching staff on that day. And that's really a big part of their success, or at least has been these last few years. But you look at Randy Rosarena's uh, stats across all levels last year, he had a uh, 1,003 OPS, he hit 344, he hit 15 home runs. Uh, this guy is more than just a depth guy, but you look at the way this Rays roster might shape up once we get the season underway, and I know it might be expanded now with the way things are changing. We don't know anything for certain. He's definitely going to get a spot on that roster if it does expand. When well, we weren't sure he would um, if it was at 26 like it was supposed to be. Um, so Randy Arena is a guy I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to, to get um, some opportunities with the Rays and Jose Martinez as well. Um, but, yeah, Libertor – I could see him uh, really blossoming out in St. Louis, and I just hope it doesn't happen uh, in the World Series against the Rays in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> one, last, one last trade, another one, I guess, that, that caught a lot of people off guard. Emilio Pagan um, goes over to the San Diego Padres, so another deal with the Padres. And in exchange, the Rays bring back Manuel Margot and Logan Driscoll. Now, I've always said that the, uh, whoever the Rays' closer is, um, there's as much turnover in that role as there is in the defense against the dark arts position in Harry <laughs> Potter. It seems like there's a new guy in there every year, um, and, and we're going to get it again this year. So Emilio Pagan last year wasn't supposed to be the closer, um, but given you know some bumpy seasons from guys like Diego Castillo and Jose Alvarado, for a number of reasons those were bumpy seasons, Emilio Pagan kind of steps up, takes that role, 
and, and really thrives in it um, throughout the rest of the year for the Rays. And, and how good that was that bullpen last year with Emilio Pagan. You knew he was coming in to pinch the ninth, and it was lights out. Uh, you know, you had guys like Nick Anderson and Chaz Rowe and Oliver Drake that were leading up to Pagan, and it made it really the best bullpen in the American League. Uh, it, it's why the Rays had so much success and how they won 96 games last year. So to see them move on from him, uh, I, I thought was interesting because, again, another guy that it's not like he was on a crazy big contract. He was still under team control. I don't even think he had hit arbitration yet, um, but the Rays decide to move on from him and get a guy like Manuel Margot, who, again, is not projected to be a starter on this team, um, which is I think, what, I think what happens here in terms of this trade, when you get to a point where your roster is this good, this deep, like the Rays is, the cost of getting even better goes up. So they – decided to deal from depth in their bullpen, bring in a guy like Margot, who's going to give Kevin Kiermaier some rest. He's going to, he can fill in at left or right. He can come in off the bench. I think it shows that the Rays roster is at a point where that if they want to keep improving it marginally, it's going to cost a lot. And, and it did with Emilio Pagan. But what were your thoughts, Jim? Oh, so uh, the yeah, I I didn't I this this kind of, this trade I was kind of on the in the middle on. Um, it, it did hurt to go to see Pagan go out the door. Uh, I mean, his numbers last year were were no fluke. He was he was one of the best relief pitchers uh, in baseball, to be honest. Uh, I mean, strikeout minus walk, he's he's right up there with the the best of the bunch uh, all around. And and to see him go out for a guy who, like we we said, isn't going to be starting, it actually what I thought was a, a potential follow-up to this move was that, that to, to see the Rays front office think about uh, moving Kiermaier. It, it seemed like a move to me where they're maybe thinking a, a few years down the line, maybe even a few months down the line where they're thinking maybe it's, it's time we move on from Kiermaier. Uh, we've seen that be a kind of the modus operandi of the front office in the past. Um, and so this, this move in and of itself, um, I don't love, uh, I don't hate really either. Uh, I do think the the rates kind of are speaking of Harry Potter magicians. Uh, they, they, they got some, <laughs> some dark arts that they've got for that that bullpen because it is they just keep spinning guys out and it's every single year it seems like they they find a few studs and they 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 seem to balance that line where you you have to give a reliever enough innings to to really get a feel for the, the true talent, but you don't want to go past the point where it's no longer ripe and it's not a that they're killing you on a day-to-day basis so um we'll see how how Pagan does I I think Margot will be solid though I think um as a as a partner platoon to uh Kiermaier is the righty bat to to Kiermaier's lefty bat uh could be solid and the the defense he's going to be replacing uh Kiermaier with isn't going to be a much of a drop-off I mean Kiermaier as we all know is among the best in, in all of baseball when it comes to that side of the game but Margot's a very, very good defender in his own right. Um, he's got the speed that Kiermaier's got. Um, I don't know if he's – I haven't watched enough odds and know if he's got the recklessness uh, to be willing to run into walls like Kiermaier yet. But uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be one who, who if, he, if he doesn't blow the doors off, will at least be a really solid uh, fill-in for Kiermaier and, and a really good platoon partner um, when the season kicks off. Yeah, real real quick, going back to Kevin Kiermaier, and when this deal was made, I, I think I pretty much made the prediction that within the next 365 days, Kevin Kiermaier would be moved by the Rays 
That is going to be a little bit tricky, though. He's got four years left on his contract. That last year is a club option. Um, if that gets fully paid out, that's looking at close to $50 million left owed to Kiermaier. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see what a trade involving him would look like if the Rays did find a suitor um, anywhere else in baseball because obviously the defense is there, the bat isn't always there. And he's dealt with a lot of injuries in the past. And teams are going to look at that and say, is he going to be worth, you know, X amount of dollars to bring him onto the team? So, yeah, I think, I think the Rays will definitely look to trade Kiermaier. They'll, they'll listen to offers on anyone. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if it happens or how it happens. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a move they're, they're going to look at. You've got Margot. You've got a guy like Greg Jones that's coming up through the minor leagues, a couple other outfield prospects in the system already. I think you're prepared to move on from Kiermaier if the opportunity presented itself, free up some, uh, some money, and hopefully take that money and use it elsewhere around the team. Uh, but, again, we never know with the Rays it, well, what they're going to do with any money they may or may not have. Um, but, yeah. It's interesting to think how, yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously a little bit down the rabbit hole here, but it, moving a player like Kiermaier, who on this roster now with Fam, with Fam Gandhi probably has the highest ceiling. I mean, if, you, if you do 90th percentile on, on the race roster, at least the, the, bat, the hitter side of things, he probably has the, the highest value. And on a team that has such strong depth and at times is a little bit lacking in that ability of a guy to pop off for a six-war season – it's interesting to think about if they're going to really move on from that type of guy. But again, it's all, it comes down to dollars and cents. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see it. Uh, I'm sure the, what, once we need some content, we can cook up some, uh, some fake Kiermaier trades or something. But for now, uh, I think, I think he and Margot will be pretty strong center field platoon. I could see being worth uh, four or five wins this season. Yeah. And that would be really, really solid for the Rays. Before we wrap this one up, we've talked about all the players that the Rays brought in, either through free agency or through the trade market. Let's talk about some guys that left uh, through free agency. And the biggest one, obviously they lost guys like Eric Sogard, who really didn't get an opportunity to play a whole lot with the Rays. Um, and a guy like Avisel Garcia, who put together a pretty good season. Both of those guys find uh, their new homes in Milwaukee with the Brewers. Really the big one, and I think it's the one we, we really have to talk about, is Travis Darnell. He goes to the Braves on a two-year, $16 million deal. It was a guy a lot of Rays fans obviously fell in love with. He had the walk-off home run against the Yankees and a three-run home run against Aroldis Chapman in New York. Two of the – maybe two of the biggest moments – maybe the two biggest moments in the regular season last year. Losing Travis Darnell to the Braves, how, how much are the Rays missing out on here, not having a guy like Darnell back for 2020? Well, as, as a leader of the anti-Zunino faction, this, yeah, this, <laughs> I think they're missing out on a lot. Um, I'm not a huge Zunino guy. I, do, I see the value that he, he brings outside of his bat, but uh, to me, Darno, seeing it be such a, a reasonable offer. Now, you never know if maybe the Rays offered something similar. I think maybe there's a discussion of whether they had offered something similar and he just wanted to play um, in Atlanta, but to be able to slot uh, Darno into the lineup, especially uh, he really did well against lefties last year. To be to have that bat in there in a lineup that that struggles against lefties compared to Zunino, who who very well may bounce back with a good year. So his Statcast numbers say that he should bounce back, and he he is he's great behind the plate, and the he he does do a good job with with the pitching staff. But 
in terms of missing that little, little bit of pop of times if the raise lineup does does seem to times I agree with you 100% that that Darno is the one who potentially we we look at as the one that got away from this offseason. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I saw the contract eight million dollars a year um, for the next two years. I thought that was a bit high. I put out the, the guess that the Rays probably the, their max offer was probably two years at twelve million. Gave offered six million a year. Eight was probably a little bit too high. And at the end of the day, at that price, I was okay with the Rays not bringing back Darno. It stung for sure. I definitely wanted him back, um, but I was I was okay with them letting him sign with Atlanta. But obviously, uh, this could all change if Darno kills it again this year with the Braves and we get another year, another 2019 Zanino. But if we don't, like, we've seen him put up some really good offensive numbers for the, catching posi- for the catcher position um, when he was with Seattle. If we get a year like that, I think 2015 he had a really good season, 2017 as well. If we get numbers like that from Mike Zanino um, where he's going to hit 20-plus home runs, he's going to have an OPS um, closer to 800, uh, that, that'd be – a huge bounce back for you know, and obviously we know what he can do behind the plate. Um, he worked really well with this pitching staff. I'm okay with them bringing Zanino back. I, I think there will be a bounce back. I don't think things can get much worse. Um, hopefully not. Um, my, my goal is to just neg him so much that it turns into a reverse jinx and he ends up having a good season. <laughs> it's like a win-win. It's like either I've, I've, I've perched on the, the side of things that says is trash or if he plays well, I'm like, Hey, well, I can't complain. He's winning. So the thing is, is with Mike Zanino, is I tried so hard to like him because he played college baseball at the University of Florida. I'm yeah. a Florida State student, and uh, he destroyed the Knowles when he was in Gainesville. So it took me a while to come around to liking Zanino, and especially it took even longer with how he was playing last year. Um, but overall, I'm not too worried about the type of production the Rays are going to get um, from Mike Zanino. And obviously that last catching spot is a little unclear. I think we'll get a, li- you know, a little bit of Mike Perez, a little bit of Kevin Smith, maybe some Chris Herman. Um, it's probably going to be a grab bag of guys, depending on how they manipulate the options and who's going to be on, you know, who's going to make the roster on opening day, whenever that is. Um, but again, there's also an opportunity they could try to add another catching piece um, as we get closer to the start of the season. Who really yeah. knows what's going to happen? Well, we'll, we'll we may get into that in a minute with this uh, the next podcast we're going. With. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna rehash a lot of the stuff we talked about in this podcast <laughs> oh, and yeah. the next one. Um, but that is, that's really going to do it. Um, not a whole lot happened through spring training. They only got two or three weeks in the, the only news of note really is Blake Snell, um, dealt with some elbow soreness, got a cortisone shot that was going to push back his timetable to be ready for opening day. But obviously that really doesn't need to be worried about, um, because there was no opening day or at least not when it was scheduled. Um, so I, other than that, everyone else is healthy. I think Brett Honeywell is doing well on his return back to the mound, um, but that is going to do it for this episode of the Raise Your Voice podcast. Jim and I are going to be back on the very next episode of the Raise Your Voice podcast where we uh, do some recapping um, in the virtual baseball world. Um, so, Jim, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm glad that we're going to have you back on for a few more episodes. And I guarantee you'll be on many more times uh, throughout the summer. Thanks so much, Brett. For Jim Turvey, I'm Brett Rutherford. And this was the Raise Your Voice podcast as part of the D-Rays Bay podcast network you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast please rate and review that would be a huge help to all of us and we'll see you next time